0: God our creator, sustainer, redeemer and deliverer, we come humbly before you on this day thanking you for loving us thanking you for caring for us thanking you for constantly making a way out of no way and being our bridge over troubled waters we ask now God that you speak to us, that we your servants might hear but not just be hearers of your word that we may be followers of your word to do your will your way bless us now God, not that we will walk around talking about how blessed we are but so we will truly be a blessing unto others have your way in our lives strengthen us this day God we love you God thank you for this moment of sharing together let us receive what you have for each one of us to receive and then Lord help us to give it to others that others may hear your word and know your word and grow in your word God we pray for any who may not know you on this day that they will come to know you in a special way that they will accept you into their lives that you will be that that you are unto so many others keep us now strengthen us and bless us now your word go forth in Jesus name we pray amen and amen my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus our subject God sent contentment God sent contentment we're living in unprecedented times don't know who to trust. question is, to whom are you listening? Who, 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 who's giving you direction on what you ought to do, when you ought to do it, how you ought to do it? Is it the politicians? Is it the scientists? Business owners? Economists? Family? Friends? Strangers? Who instructs you? Whose words can best comfort you? Whose words can guide you? Whose word do you trust? As people of faith, we have learned to trust God. Let me say that again. As people of faith, we have learned to trust God. We trust his word because his word is true we can trust God so how can we make it through all we're going through how can we make it? I said unprecedented times, we're going through things that uh, other generations of of recent time have not gone through yeah of course there have always been discrimination yes there's been injustice there's always been diseases but look at the level and the awareness that we have at this time that we have not had In the past about all that's going on around us and at one of the time then we all would come together to realize if there's a danger for any one of us it's a danger to all of us and God calls us to have that type of mindset that we would care about each other in such a way that we will go out of our way to make sure that everyone else is taken care of the best way that we're gonna love God is to love others And so many times I believe possibly the reason we don't really care about others is many folk don't care about themselves. I want you to know God loves you so much that you at least at a minimum ought to care about yourself. And if you care about yourself, you ought to care about others. Because truly, if you truly care about God, his word teaches us, if we love him, we have to love one another. How can we have peace in the midst of all we're going through? How did our foreparents make it through all they went through? But let's think about it, how, how did they go through what they went through? As we, as we assemble in this building, I know you're not here, but as we're in this building, we remember those who built this particular building were enslaved. And yet they were able to build a building and this sanctuary unto God. They were able to build using finance they probably could have used to get their freedom. But what was even more important than freedom to them, this physical freedom, was freedom in Christ. Freedom to worship God. Freedom to know that they could have contentment in the midst of what they're going through. Not to be complacent and not to not want to have their true freedom. But to be able to recognize there was someone who would be with them and guide them through the midst of what they're going through. What about your parents? What about where you grew up? You may have didn't grow up in slavery, but the kind of things that have been around you, you may have always felt you were enslaved, but understand that God's word will free us to be more of what he wants us to be. How can you have peace in the midst of chaos? That's the question. How can I be content and not just resent the state I'm in? hmm Looking at health, looking at wealth, looking at poverty, looking at meanness, looking at uncleanness, looking at injustice, looking at discrimination, look at whatever you want to look at. We got all kind of reasons why we could be mad, upset, and uh, what do you call it, busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. You can have so much stuff going on in your life right now. If you wanted to just be negative, if you wanted to just say it's a terrible world, it's a terrible situation, how did God allow us to be in all these bad situations, we could go on and on and on and on and on. But God gives us some solutions to what we're going through. Even what we're going through, what we're going through, in the midst of what we're going through, God gives us a way to have contentment that only comes from God. God is a wonderful God. There's nothing to fret there's nothing to worry about and yet there's enough evidence to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that everything will be all right y'all gotta say that with me you believe that everything will be all right tell your neighbor tell your friend yeah I I would say tell your neighbor but yeah okay tell him that everything will be all right well pastor how can you say that I can say it because God's word is true seeing that we want to truly be content in the midst of our present circumstances, let's look at three things relative to having God-sent contentment. The first, the providence, give you three, three things. First, the providence of God, then the power of God, and closing with the promise of God. First, there's the providence of God. In this day of scientific achievement, we are less and less about the providence of God. We sometimes get the idea that this world is a vast, natural machine and that even God himself can't interrupt the wheels as they're turning. But the word of God clearly teaches the provincial working of God in nature and in the lives of his people. The word providence comes from two Latin words, pro meaning before and video meaning to see. God's providence simply means that God sees to it beforehand. It does not mean God simply knows beforehand because providence involves much more than that. It is the working of God in advance to arrange circumstances and situations for the fulfilling of his purpose. hmm were being used for God's purpose. You remember the familiar story of Joseph and his brothers? It illustrates the meaning of God's providence. You know how Joseph's brothers envied uh, him because he talked about he had a coat of many colors and he talked about the dreams he was having where they sold him as a slave. When he was only 17 years old, he was taken to Egypt. And there God revealed that seven years of famine were coming and seven years of plenty. It was through Joseph's interpretation of Pharaoh's dream that this fact was discovered. And because of that, Joseph was elevated to the position of second ruler in Egypt. After 20 years of separation, Joseph's brothers were reconciled to him, and they understood then what the Lord had done. Matter of fact, Joseph put it this way. God did send me here before you to preserve life. But as for you, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. There are things that are happening in our lives and around us that others may be seeking to destroy us, may be seeking to destroy you. But I'm saying to you today, hang in there and trust God. Don't ever let go of his unchanging hand. Know that God loves and God cares for you. And know that he's working it out, even when you can't see it, even when you can't understand it. Just know that God is working it out. We know his word is true. Paul experienced this in his life, the divine providence in his life. He, he understood this in his ministry. That's when Paul could write in Romans eight twenty eight. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God who are the called according to his purpose. God's word assures us and reassures us that his providence will keep us and direct us in the midst of what's going through. I know it may not seem like you understand where we're going. It may not seem like you understand what God is doing. You may not see it, but you can understand, and you can rest, and you can have faith knowing that God loves, God cares. God in his providence, in this situation when he talks to Paul, in his providence has caused the church at Philippi to become concerned about Paul's needs. And it came at the very time Paul needed their love most. They had been concerned, but they had lacked the opportunity to help Paul. Many Christians today have the opportunity, but they lack the concern. Life is not a series of accidents. It's a series of appointments. God has an appointment for you. God has an appointment for me. God has things that God needs us to do. God has given us appointments, but sometimes we see them as disappointments. But if you trust God, you know it's working out for your good. It's the providence of God. It's a wonderful source of contentment. God sent contentment. Secondly, we have the power of God. Paul is quick to let his friends know that he's not complaining. No, no, he's not frustrated. His happiness does not depend on the circumstances or things. His joy comes from something deeper, something apart from either poverty or prosperity. Most of us have learned how to, to have plenty. Most of us have learned how to be a base and how to go through difficult times because whenever we go through difficult times, we go to the Lord praying for God to fix it. Whenever times get rough and difficult, we're praying for God to take it away from us. Whenever it gets hard, we pray for him to heal it. We pray for him to turn it around. And many times we miss what God is saying to us in the midst of what we're going through because we're so busy trying to get out of whatever we're in. Few of us have learned how to abound. Seemingly, prosperity has done more to damage the believers than adversity. Let me say that again. Seemingly, prosperity has done more to damage believers than adversity. Matter of fact, David put it this way in Psalm 119, 71. David said, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. He says in Psalm 119, 67, get this, this blow you away. David said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Is there anybody out there that have to recognize if you didn't, have, if you didn't go through what you went through, you wouldn't have come to a relationship with God that you have now, so you don't ever have to go through that again? Paul gets his instructions. Paul gets this where he can say, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. It's the power of Christ within him that gave him the spiritual contentment that he has and that we all need. Matter of fact, all of nature depends on hidden resources. I want you to know you have a resource you can't see. I'm going to say it again. You have a resource that you can't see, but you do have it. Think about it. The great trees send their roots down to the earth to draw up water and minerals. Rivers have their sources in the snow-capped mountains. The most important part of a tree is the part that you cannot see. Let me say it again. The most important part of the tree is the part you cannot see. It's the root system. The most important part of a Christian life is the part that only God sees. Unless we draw on the deep resources of God by faith, we fail against the pressures of life. Paul depended on the power of Christ at work in his life. "I can do all things through Christ," was his motto. "Through Christ was his motto, and through Christ ought be our motto." Power that you cannot see. One song have put it this way: "Preachers and teachers." Would make their appeal, fighting as soldiers on great battlefields, when to their pleadings, my poor heart did yield, All I can say is there is something within. Have you that something that burning desire? Have you that something that never doth tire? Or if you have it that heavenly fire, then let the world know there's something within." Third verse, I met God one morning my soul feeling bad, hard, heavy laden with a bowed down head. He lifted my burden, made me so glad. All that I know, there's something within, something within me that holdeth the reins, something within me that banishes pain, something within me I cannot explain. All that I know, (laughs) you gotta tell somebody all that I know, is that there's something within. Ready for anything. Uh, yes. Uh, J.B. Phillips puts it this way. He says, I am ready for anything through the strength of the one who lives within me. Mm. The Living Bible puts it this way. I can do everything God asks me to do. I can do everything God asks me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and power. No matter what translation you prefer. It's the same anywhere around. The Christian has all the power within that we need and that's adequate for the demands of this life. We only need to release his power by faith. Listen, God's power is in you and you release that power by faith. Why just whine and cry and complain about everything around you? Go ahead and allow that power that's in you to help you be what God wants you to be. Jesus talks about this in his sermon when he tells us about the vine and the branches in John chapter 15. He lets us know he is the vine. Yeah, he's connected. He has all the resources we need. We are the branches. And as branches, it's our opportunity to bear fruit, but to bear much fruit. Otherwise, the branch gets burned. Yeah, you might feel like you burned out. It might be because we need to get back connected to the vine. Because when you're connected to the vine, you can't help but bear fruit. Now, I know when you're connected to the vine, you're going to bear fruit. But that scripture also says you're going to bear fruit. But if you bear fruit for you to be able to bear more fruit, he has to prune the branch. The, The pruning the branch means he has to cut on the branch. Yeah, sometimes you're gonna feel cut on. Sometimes you're gonna have some afflictions. Sometimes you're gonna have pain. Sometimes God allows us to go through something so he can get our attention, so we'll cut off some things we need to cut off and put up some things, pick up some things we need to pick up. You can't bear fruit on our own effort. It's only by being connected to the vine. Jesus says in John 15, 5, he says, Without me, you can do nothing. As we, as we maintain our communion with Christ, the power of God is there to see us through whatever we got to go through. The providence of God and the power of God are two spiritual resources on which we can draw from to help us with every task that we have in life. But there's still a third resource, and that's the unchanging promise of God. Paul thanks the church at Philippi for their generous gift. He thanks them for their gift. It's sort of, as he talks about the gift, it's sort of as a budding tree, it's sort of an investment. I want to look at the problem, Paul looks at it as being a sacrifice. Paul looked on the gift that they gave as a spiritual sacrifice laid on the altar to the glory of God. There are such things as spiritual sacrifice in the Christian life. We see that in 1 Peter 2 and 5, we are are to yield our bodies in Romans 12, 1 and 2, as a spiritual yield our bodies, as a living sacrifice, a spiritual sacrifice, as well as the praise of our lips. But good works are a sacrifice to the Lord as well. And so are the lost souls that we're privileged to win for Christ. That's what this is all about. Living a life in such a way that those who don't know Christ will have a desire to come to know Christ. Listen, I really believe that God allows us to be in the predicament we're in, to have all the stuff happen around us that happen around us, so basically his will could get done. What, what, what does it matter if we, we have the greatest economy in the world and we have all the money we could possibly have? What, what would it matter if we had every police to make sure that police are policing Only the way that they should police and would police as God would have the police. What would happen if everybody, white, black, and and, on all in between and and others would decide we're gonna love each other and and care for each other right here on earth, and we decided we'll do it. If we ever decided to do it the way God says do it, we would have what God has instituted for us to have here on earth. We would have what God desires for us to have. But in the midst of all of that, it takes us having to go through something to get to that point. Matter of fact, there are some folk you won't love unless you're made to love. Somebody say amen. There's some folk you will not care about unless you knew that your caring about them will help you get what you want, when you want it, how you want it. How, all right. How many folk work for people you can't stand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you do everything they say do. Mm-hmm. Not because of your love for them, but because of what you desire to get from them. Amen. Yeah. But what would happen if we were working and working with a sense of contentment, knowing that God had my foot, God had my back, and that we could even go to that boss, we can even go to that supervisor, we can even go to that person and say, listen, God loves you, God cares about you, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, God's word would not return void. we must have to be strong enough, committed enough, and knowing that God loves us enough, to know that we can speak, and God's word is true, and transformation will happen in the life of ourselves, and in the life of others. He's calling upon us to do the work he called us to do. Paul sees the Philippian believers as priests, giving their offering as a sacrifice to the Lord in light of Malachi. We need to present the very finest that we have to the Lord. Paul does not see this gift as simply coming from Philippi, he sees it as a supply of his need from heaven. Paul's trust was in the Lord. I got to say it again Paul's trust was in the Lord. Tell them many times that when God gives us, he may give it in ways that we may not be expecting it to happen. Reminds me of the lady who was, and the son saw his mother praying, and what had happened that day, was that morning came around, and the children asked, Mom, what breakfast? And she said, The Lord will provide Came time for lunch. Children hungry. They said, Mom, where, where's lunch? She said, Don't, don't worry about it, children. Don't worry about it. The Lord will provide. It came around dinner time. They said, Mama, we're we hungry. Are we we haven't had have to eat all day. She said, Baby, just, just go to bed. The, the Lord will provide. And that night, the son could hear. His mother crying as she was on her knees in the bedroom. And she's crying and she's praying. She said, Lord, I do my best to do what you asked me to do. But today I had to do something I've never had to do before. I had to send my children to bed. I'm okay about me, but I had to send my children to bed with, with nothing to eat. God, I'm not doubting you. I I know you'll make a way. But I'm leaning and depending upon you. I'm I'm just, I'm not complaining, God. Just, just, I just want to thank you. But, But this is something I've never, ever had to do before. She crawled into the bed. The boy went on back to his bed. Later that morning, the boy woke up. And he went ooh, what's that I smell? He said, that, that's, that, smell, like, that smell like bacon. That's, that Bacon and sausage. And he, he ran into the kitchen and he saw that there was bacon, there was sausage. He, he saw that there were eggs, there was grits. He, he, he saw that there was biscuits. And he said, mama, where, 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 where did all this come from? Where, where did all this come from? She said, baby, your, your uncle came, drove all the way town. He said, he, he didn't know what happened, but he had to get up in the middle of the night. And he went by and got all these groceries and just brought it to us, saying he, he didn't know, but he came and brought us all these groceries to take care of us but because he, 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 just, he just had to do it. He, something, something, something Something woke him up and said, take care of you. Listen, what I'm saying to you today is that God knows what you're going through. And in the midst of what you're going through, he will provide. But what God is doing is he's using all of us. And as Paul talked to the church in Philippi, he said, yeah, I know you're the one that gave it to me, but it's not really you. He said, the Lord provided. And how many times we have to see. Whatever's happening around us, that God is really providing. You make, that your needs are being met by God's providing. One more story, and I'm done. It's the story of a lady who stood by the window and said, "Lord God, I need food. Lord, I know you can do it. I, I just, I just need somebody. We, we don't have it." And, and she was just praying by a window, and, and there's a there's a, a guy standing there who overheard her praying, and he was a men, gang member. And he got rid of the game and said, Listen, y'all, let's play this trick on this lady. All of them got together, put their money together, went out to the grocery store, got a lot of food, everything else, came and put it at the lady's doorstep, rang the bell and ran. When they rang the bell and ran, she came out, she looked down and she said, Oh my, look at God. God bless, oh God bless you. Thank you so much. Oh God, you heard my prayer. And they came from around the corner, and they said, oh, no, old lady. No, 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 this wasn't God. We bought these groceries. She said, "Ah, oh, ah, oh, oh. She said, Lord bought them, but the devil delivered them. You just got to understand that, that, that God can move in his own marvelous and spectacular way. You can be content in knowing that God has your front, God has your back, God has your side, God has every part of you because God loves, God cares for you. He has promised to supply our needs, not supply our greed, and we got to begin to make the difference in that. There are some things we just greedy for, and there are some things we're needed for. But God has already placed in us an opportunity to supply all of our needs according to His riches. When the child of God is in the will of God. Serving for the glory of God then he will have every need met I gotta say that one more time when the child of God is in the will of God serving for the glory of God he will have all of his needs met yes when God's work is done in God's way for God's glory he will not lack for God's supply contentment comes from adequate resources our resources are the providence of God the power of God and the promises of God and he's promised to keep us he's promised to sustain us these resources made Paul sufficient in every demand of life Paul was able to realize that this was a God sent contentment that he had and you two and I can have a God sent contentment because we trust God we trust Him because of what He's done we trust Him because of what He will do we trust Him because of how much He loves us we trust Him because of how much He cares for us we can look around us God allows us to go through so much stuff. We go through trials, we go through tribulations, we go through hard times, but yet he holds us strong. But why is he holding us strong? Because one day we gotta leave this place. We gotta give up this life for eternal life. It says we have this earthly tent, right? Yeah, we're in this earthly tent, and one day this earthly tent will be dissolved, and we have another building, a house not made with hands. Listen, my brothers and sisters, you ought to be content with the tent. You ought to be content right now with the tent you live in. Because whatever going on in your life, no matter how it's going on in your life, you need to know that God cares, God loves, God made a way out of no way. Well pastor, what did you mean he did this for me? Because one day it's all going to be over on this side, but we've got another home, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. Well, Pastor, you were talking about how I can have contentment here. Well, my brothers and sisters, if you get contentment here, I can not tell you I don't have enough words to explain to you that what you will have when you leave this place, when you give up this time for eternity, when you decide to study war no more, when the Lord comes to receive, when the ship of Zion comes and we sail to charge where we've never been before, I can guarantee you that he prepared a place for us. The Bible says, for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What is it that we believe? We believe that he came to Forty and two generations. What is it that we believe? We believe that Jesus came and lived a perfect life. What is it that we believe? We believe that Jesus lived a life that's an example for you and for me. What is it that we believe? We believe that he allowed men to put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, of thorns on his head. What is it that we believe? We believe that HE died! Oh yes, he died. For all of your sins, for all of my sins, we believe that the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a bottle tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. stayed there all day, Saturday, stayed there all night, Saturday night. Whatever we believe, we believe that he was in the grave. But early. I said, early on that Sunday morning, he got up with all power, power over the grave, victory over death. We believe that he ascended into heaven, sent back the Holy Spirit. Sent back the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who lives in us, the Holy Spirit that empowers us, the Holy Spirit that will keep us. And my brothers and my sisters, I want to say to you today, if you have not experienced A relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You won't have the contentment that you're looking for in life. You won't have the joy that you're looking for in life. You won't have the peace you're looking for in life. I'm not saying when you come to Christ, the pandemic is over. I'm not saying when you come to Christ, your hard times are over. I'm just saying, when you come to Christ, He'll transform you. He'll change your hands so you can work right. He'll change your heart so you can love right. He'll change your mind so you can think right. Somebody say, Lord, I thank you. The Tri-State match Choir puts it this way. I was a wretch undone, living in a world of sin. I had no hope, no peace within. Somebody told me what Jesus did. Said he gave his life. For my sins. Now I'm justified. I'm sanctified. I'll glorify his holy name. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus right now. He will pick you up and turn you around. Place your feet on solid ground. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus right now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. You ought to come on. You ought to come on. You ought to come on. You're thinking about it right now. But I want you to know right now, if you know and you're sure that you know, you may not know what your friends told you. You may not understand what the politicians say. You may not understand the circumstance or situation in your life. But you can understand. God loves you. Jesus died for your sins. Rose from the grave. And if you want to accept him right now, all you have to do is praise this prayer with me. If you want him in your life, it doesn't take a whole lot of stuff to happen. The Bible says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead. The Bible says you shall be saved. Let me say it again. Not Tillman said it, but the Bible says, you shall be saved. So you want to pray this prayer, Yeah, you gotta say, Lord, I want to turn from my stuff. I, wanna, I want you in my life. Pray this prayer after me. If you want to accept him right now. Say, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. And help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you pray that prayer, let us know, or let some other pastor in some Bible-believing church know that you committed your way to Christ. We'll love you. We'll help you to grow in Christ every step of the way. Trust Him. And others, come on to Jesus. Come on to Jesus. we wish wishing to come. You ought to come right now and give him the praise, the honor, and the glory. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Right now. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the Historic First African Baptist Church and our website, FirstAfricanBC.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.